Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining me. It's Troy Hudkins here with Lessons for Life podcast. And today our guest is Tanya White. Tanya, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. Um, so to start with, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am a wife and a mother of six. And I have uh, a special needs son. He's eight and a half. He'll be nine, I guess, in May. Um, and I also have six uh, babies in heaven. So that's um, been a big, a big part of our family and a big part of our life. And um, I, right now, I stay at home with the three kids that are not in school and learning. I feel like especially throughout the pandemic, I feel like I've been learning a lot about myself, my limitations and goals and things that I've never really, I guess, taken the time to think about before just because I was busy doing mom stuff and right regular life stuff. So, yeah, as we get busy, we tend to just brush things off and you don't think yeah. about them, right? Oh yeah. yeah. And now you've got time to reflect. So now yeah. you're, looking at all those things and analyzing. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's amazing. So you've got six kids. We, yeah. My wife and I have six kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's pretty it's, awesome. Uh, yeah. It's, it's funny because uh, I always knew I wanted a big family. I come from a family of five kids nice. and uh, my husband comes from a family of six kids. There you go. And, and it's kind of funny because I had always wanted a big family, but he, when we started having kids, I think he was more in the mindset of, yeah, let's have three, like two or three. Right. And then when we had two and then we had three, I think he, I think he realized, Hey, like it's not, it's not that different, you know, maybe going from three to four and we, ended up with six and it's it's perfect for us like it's exactly how many kids we need to have at this time and and we're, we're pretty happy it's a crazy house for yep. sure but, oh it's busy it's oh yeah busy. but it's yeah and I'm trying to I'm trying to savor those moments that people talk about oh you're you'll miss doing this when they're this age and you'll miss doing this with them and you know and I I have to kind of bring myself back to that and 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 remember that you know this this time is going to go by pretty fast and there are moments that no I'm not going to miss like having to wipe my kids bums all the time I'm not going right. to miss that right you know or uh, other things but I'm definitely trying to savor the like the good moments and and try to trying to make more memories with my kids for sure because for a long time it was just like my oldest is 10 and my youngest is two and it was, it's just been busy, like having a baby or a newborn or being pregnant. Like that was just kind of my life. And then when we, you know, had our last, now I'm starting to think, wow, like I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to be focused on, on this when I'm missing the whole story of, you know, the rest of my kids. So, right. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting because I have grandkids now, so I see them at different times and it's interesting watching them 
and thinking back to when our kids were that age and maybe seeing some of the things we did miss Mm -hmm. because now I have either more patience or more time to spend watching it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it makes a difference, but Mm -hmm. yeah, when they're, when they're young, it's busy, definitely busy. Yeah. Yeah. And And it's like, I mean, it's a good busy, I guess. Like, you know, there are some days where, like you said, like I, you know, eventually I'll probably have more patience than I can deal with, you know, getting into all the drawers and drawing on the walls. And, you know, I can handle that probably a little bit better, but you know, the busyness is actually, it's fun watching their personalities grow and, and seeing, you know, what some of their, what some of their personality traits are and how it's like just beginning to bud for like, our youngest, like our three youngest. And yeah, it's, it's pretty cool when I get a moment to just sit back and watch and, and take it in. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. What is one of the things that you really cherish about the kids at the young age? There's, they're very forgiving. I think children, you know, even, even my 10 year old, like, and I, I, I've been trying to get into a habit of like, if I, if I lose my temper or if I get frustrated to apologize and explain like this, you know, I've just been tired or I've had a headache today. So I, I just don't have as much patience, but the, the younger ones, they just, they're so forgiving. Like, like, it's like, they just turn around and I love you, mom. And, and I just, I'm always in such awe of that. And I just think what a good example of how we're supposed to be. Like we are supposed to be forgiving. Yeah. Right. And, and they just are, and they're so loving and they just like, they, they see the best in you. They might not see all of your best moments, but they still see the best in you. Yep. Definitely. I, I like the fact that when they're young, they're just so true, right? Like they, the things they say to you, it's, it's flat out. This is what it is. No yeah. sugar coating, nothing. And oh, they yeah. don't, they don't mean anything by it. They're just telling you what they know. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're so real. Right. Yeah. But, they're not embarrassed to say things. They just yeah. tell it like it is. Right. Whereas yeah. now we're, you know, we're afraid that we're going to be judged for what we say and, yeah. and we just got to be honest and yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But if we, if we could learn to be like the kids are, like you said, so forgiving, right? If we could, as adults, if we could learn to be like that, just, you know, what a different world it would be, Yeah. you know, instead of everybody's always nitpicking and stuff and with each other, you know, it's, it's incredible. It's mm-hmm. yeah. awesome. Um, growing up in your family with siblings, how how did you find that with uh, a larger family? Uh, I, I loved it. I loved having a, like, I have two older brothers and older sister and a twin sister. And I just remember it was just fun. Like it was fun. You always had someone to play with or, you know, like family games, always fun. Cause there was enough people. Like it just, yep. it was just like, it was busy and, but it was great. Like, great family outings and camping and just doing things together. I, I thought it was great. And I think that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have a big family. I wanted right. my kids to have 
like their best friends in their family right and people that they could count on and not not feel alone and because that's that's how i felt growing up yeah for sure what would your opinion be on say um if you grew up in a large family as opposed to growing up as a, an only child, what do you think the uh, differences would be? Um, I think like one thing that we're trying to teach our kids is what like open communication, but being honest with each other and learning to share. And I mean, there's always obviously lines where you don't have to share everything that you have, like the, something you just got for your birthday. You don't necessarily have to share it right that second. But uh, I think it's a good a good way to teach them how to share if they're sharing with their siblings. Like in a house with eight people, it's you know. I think there are pros and cons, I guess, to, to big families, but I think a pro to having a big family is everybody, like you just, you just get used to sharing, like, and I, I think that's a good thing. I don't think, I don't think sharing is a bad thing. And I've heard, I've heard before how, you know, like having your kids out on the playground and someone, you know, another kid comes up to your kid and wants to play with the toy that they just got and, you know, what does your kid say or what do you think your kid should say? And I don't know, I, I think I would I would rather my kid want to share that toy and give that other child a chance than say, no, I, you know, like it's mine and I've got it. And right. I just, I think it's more of a giving heart. And I think that's a good attribute to have as you're growing up and as you're an adult. And I mean, again, like it's not like you have to share everything that you have all of the time, but I right. think if you're more prone to share it, then you recognize that there's a, maybe there's a need out there for forgiving. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. yep. Sense, but. Or, or maybe let's play with it together instead of I'm just going to give it to you to go play with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's actually kind of interesting. My, so my son who um, is autistic when he was younger and even still now, like he, he, plays on his own like he doesn't always play with other kids he's getting better at it as he's getting older um but definitely when he was younger he was a loner he just he did his own thing and I feel like our our other kids especially the like um our oldest is Hazel and then Jude is the one who's autistic and then Charlize is the one that was born after Jude and I think the two girls there have really learned empathy for someone who maybe is a bit of a loner and you know plays on their own and because they're they're more willing to go over and say hey do you want to come and play and like I I think there's there's a benefit to that and I I mean everybody needs their alone time I need my alone time a lot right Right? (laughs) especially with six kids (laughs) but i think it's i think it's good to to have that empathy and i think that's something that our kids are learning because we have a big family because we have a special needs child in our family that they're learning you know everybody deserves their own like me time 
but at the same time, like we're here to help each other out. We're here to lift each other up to, right. you know, learn how to play together. Cause yeah. that was something now Jude, he's, he's way more comfortable doing that with his siblings than he is with other people, but he's doing it. And that's because the, the girls worked with him. They, they made the effort. And I think right. that was so good for him. Right. I find with young kids too, they don't judge as much. I mean, it's a learned thing. And us as adults, we judge other people, whether it's Down syndrome kids or kids with disabilities, you know, physical disabilities or, or adults with disabilities, we judge them. Kids, kids don't, they'll, they'll see kids in the playground and they go play with them right? Like yeah. they're just another child. My, yeah. my grandkids, you know, my nieces and there's one of them that's got disabilities. And mm-hmm. my granddaughter, when we go over there, first thing she does is grab toys and puts them right in front of JC. Like let's play kind of yeah. thing. And it's amazing yeah. watching that. And, and as adults, maybe we can learn a little bit. Oh, I think like, our kids are our, our best teachers. Like, and I, I think that's one thing I'm really grateful for having, having a large family is I have like six little teachers in front of me all the time, like teaching me how to be more patient, how to be more charitable, how to be more loving and forgiving. And like, it's, I love it. Like it's, it's good for me. I think I try to think of what I would be like if I didn't have a big family and I didn't have those opportunities. If I didn't have a special needs child, how would I, how would I be parenting right now? I don't think it would be the way I am. Right. Like it would be totally different. And I'm right. grateful for the way that, you know, my, my kids came to me and the, the personalities that they are and how it's helping me. Like it's almost selfish to say that I feel because it's not, it's not all about me and I want them to have great experiences, but I am seeing the blessing that it is in my life, you know, seeing the type of mom they're, they're helping me turn into and the type of person just in general that I am because of them. Right. Right. I, I find like, I, I raised my six kids, my wife and I, and I coached hockey for years and years and learning their different personalities and their different attitudes and dealing with each one differently because you know, you can't get mad at each kid the same because yes. their personalities. Yep. So hard. <laughs> like, uh, and I, yeah. I remember thinking like our oldest, she just, she was like the perfect first child. Like she just, you know, sleep training, like was hard on me, like getting her to sleep on her own, but she just, she was just such a chill girl. Like, and like, she's like a second mom. She just is so mothering to all of our kids. And I just, you know, and, but then our, you know, Jude was second and so different from Hazel. And then Charlize, our second girl, just looking at her and like, their personalities are so different. And so I thought, after hazel i thought oh like this parenting thing like it's kind of rough but you know we're we're pretty lucky and things i can do it (laughs) oh yeah things are great and now i just i look at all of them and i just think they're like they are all different and trying to parent them differently is hard like it's 
And that's something I find that this past year I've been, you know, learning more about and trying to work on to, to be able to let them be who they are and, and not, not suffocate them by treating them how I'm treating their sibling. And that's hard. Yep. You know, and it takes a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Each, each, each child almost needs different boundaries. Yes. And, and, and again, different ways of, of disciplining that kind of yep. thing, you know, but you I mean, their sibling. exactly. Like, oh, you know, like so-and-so like for Jude, he, he'll have some screen time because that's how he self-regulates. Yep. But how do you explain that to his siblings who want to go on the computer and you say, well, you can't go on the computer, but they see, they see Jude on the yep. computer. Like it's, yep. you know, it's, it's such a learning experience for all of us. Yeah. Right. And, and I never, I never thought it was going to be that way. Yeah. And there's no manual. There's no manual. Nope. Right. Like, nope. and like you said, the first one came along. Okay. This is what's happening. Blah, blah, blah. But then the next ones you're like, well, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to learn all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just think, did yeah. I really have a, like a child before this one? Cause I feel like I know nothing. Right. And I am starting at the beginning. So don't ask me yeah. any questions. I can't yeah. answer them for you. <laughs> yeah. my, my kids, the, I, I have one that, you know, when they do something wrong, you almost want to sell them to the Vikings. Because that's like, you can't deal with them, right? But then yeah. I have another one that when they do something wrong, all I've got to do is look at them like this, and it's the end of the world. They cry. They go to their room. They're, oh, I'm so sorry, Dad, you know. And that's the difference. Like that's the two extremes. Yeah. But yeah. that's how they are. Just so different. And I think something that I've thought about um, before is how like it's such a learning experience for us as parents to, to figure out, okay, like, you know, this child needs these boundaries and this child needs different boundaries. But I think it's good for the kids too to, to see that, you know what, mom and dad make mistakes. Like, you know, I, I try to be, I try to be open and have that communication line open with my kids just so they understand, like, I am not a perfect mom. I am going to make mistakes. And if you think that maybe something I've said isn't right, I want you to tell me, I want to have a conversation about it. Yeah. If you don't think something is fair, let's talk about it. Because I don't want to portray this perfect parent who needs to be up on a pedestal and can do no wrong because I don't think that's healthy, you know? So I, I, I'm learning that, you know, this whole parenting gig, it's such a learning experience for the family, like being a kid, being a parent, like everybody should be learning together. It's not just parents, right. All the time. Or kids should just get what they want all the time. Like everybody should be learning together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I have to remind myself of that too. (laughs) Right. Don't we all, don't we all, (laughs) but I am right. Most of the time. (laughs) Yes. I'm older. So, um, have you been teaching your kids at home this last year? Have you been doing um, homeschooling? We, so we did when 
um, the shutdown first happened, we did for the remainder of the school year. And then we were trying to decide if that's what we were going to do. And I really, I really wanted to, I wanted to keep our kids home. I saw how in the spring last year, so we have right now we've got three kids in school and Hazel was in grade four, Jude grade two and Charlize in grade one. And I just saw how for Hazel, because she's the oldest and like, obviously, you know, was going to have more homework. I just thought that it was better for her to be at home where, you know, she was, you know, she was having some issues with kids at school and maybe being bullied a little bit. And she's such a sensitive girl that it was always bothering her. Like she would cry at night sometimes. And I just, like I wanted to help her and I wanted to build up her confidence. And before, before COVID even happened, the conversation had come up between Quentin and I, like, should we just maybe homeschool Hazel for like the first half of the year and see how that goes. And, you know, she can go back for the next half or maybe she'll just stay home for all of grade five. And I thought like, that might be the way to go with her because I want, I want her to feel confident in herself and to not allow what other people are saying to, you know, to hurt her feelings so much because she's so sensitive that way. And also I thought like it would be a good way to, you know, strengthen our relationship. So, you know, if anything did happen at school, she would know without a doubt that she could come to me and talk to me. And so that was, you know, something that we had considered, but then, you know, with Jude, he needed to be at school because he had, you know, someone that was working with him and helping him. And, you know, the last few months um, last year when everybody was at home, he was doing the bare minimum. And I just felt like that's not giving him the opportunity that he needs to grow as a kid and academically, however far that's going to, to go. And so in the end, we ended up sending all three kids back. And, you know, there have been moments where I thought, you know, maybe for Hazel, it would still be good for her to be at home. But, you know, they've all grown so much and they handled going back to school wearing masks all the time way better than I thought they would. Like, I I couldn't have done it. Like, I am so proud of all the kids who have gone back. They've done so well. But... You know, we had a few days, I think it was at the beginning of January, where the kids had three days of homeschool before everybody went back. And even those three days, like it was, it was nice because I knew what the homework was and, you know, we were able to make sure that everything was done on time. And so I like, there's still a part of me that wishes that we could have done it, but I'm also seeing for myself as a mom how I don't think I could have handled it. Like I look at friends, like close friends who are doing it still. And I am just in awe of them, how they can, how they can handle just, you know, your everyday life, plus having your kids home all the time, plus teaching them and making sure that, you know, they're, they're keeping up with their classmates. And like, I just, like I, I've dealt with anxiety and depression and, and still dealing with it. And I just, I feel like that would have been too much for me. And I don't, I wanted my kids to get the best 
education they could have this year with however it was going to go. So it yeah. just, it worked out this way. It's, it's definitely hard doing the homeschooling thing. We, we did that for a couple of years when my kids were younger, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and having multiple different grades at home, you're not just yeah. teaching one lesson, you're teaching three different ones, right? Yeah. So yeah. It, it makes it hard. And then yeah. planning and preparing and being, you know, as, as well as all the other stuff you're doing already. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're taking that on as well as your regular life. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it's another full-time job almost. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's definitely hard. Yeah. Um, how important is education? Do you think for the kids? Or for, for you, for everybody, how important is education? You know, I, I remember when I was like in high school, I know I kind of thought ahead to what I was going to do after I graduated, but it wasn't, I don't know, it was not that it wasn't a big deal, but it just, it wasn't like super high on my priority list. And now like, I just think like, I, I want all of my kids, like my sons and my daughters to all have opportunities to learn whatever it is that they are passionate about. Like, and especially now while they're in school, like we're trying to hone in on like Shirley's loves math. Like she's really good at it. So, you know, try to encourage her so that she never feels like, oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough or I, I just, I'm not good at this subject and and even jude like jude is such a wild card we just never know what it, i mean right now he's just i think he's kind of done with school i think most of us are done with school but like yep. you know still trying to find like what is it what what is it that they are passionate about right now in grade five and grade three and grade two because I want them to love education. I want them to love learning. Like now that I'm, you know, kind of done having kids, like I'm 41, I think I'm 41. And I won't tell anybody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think now, like I, like I'm staying at home with my younger three, but in like two, three, well, three years, they're all going to be like all six of them are going to be in school. And so I'm starting to think, you know, what is it that I'm passionate about? What, what course could I take just so I can continue learning? And I never, I never thought that I would, I would say that to myself. I always thought that I would just be content staying at home and being a mom and, and not that that's bad, but I think, man, I just think education is so important. Like my husband, he's, he's got a degree in engineering and he's a journeyman electrician and he's right now he's learning French. And so like, even from him, like he's, he's such a good example to me of education and of learning and never stop learning. And so I, I think I'm kind of catching the bug. I guess my wife and I have been doing that lately too. We've we're both taking little courses here and there and yeah. And expanding. And we keep, I keep thinking my wife always says this about my grandkids. You always, you get a new phone, you get your grandkids to show you how to work it. Right. Like get the five-year-old, they'll show you how to run the remote control. (laughs) Right. And my wife says like, 
my my one son spends a lot of time with one of my grandchildren quite a bit and has taught her so much about technology. And every time she wants to know something, she tells us, Paha, just ask Google, right? Like, so we don't want to be those grandparents that say, oh, I don't know anything about that. I'm not going to do it. We want to keep learning and keep up with all this stuff so that we can be on top of it. And and keep learning and keep expanding your mind, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Carrie, is more important with education? Would you say classroom or life lessons? Oh, man. I... I I think I would lean more towards life lessons. Like I think classroom education is important. I think you need those skills to continue on in society and, you know, get a career, get a good job. But I, I feel like if you, if you just book smart and you're not street smart, I think you're going to struggle. I think in a lot of ways you're going to struggle. You need to know how to interact with people. I think you need to, you need to have those experiences. And it's funny because I, I thought a lot about how, like I look at my kids and especially like the older ones and the questions that they ask me and the things that, you know, bother them or don't make sense to them. And I think to myself, wow, like I, I remember thinking the same thing when I was your age. And now that I'm older, oh yeah, I totally get why that's the way it is. And it's okay because I've gone through life and I see through my own experiences, mistakes and whatever. Oh, and that's why this is this way. Okay. It makes sense. You know, but my, you know, my kids who don't have a lot of life experience, you know, it's very frustrating for them. They don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. So I feel like if you don't have those street smarts, that life experience, you're, I think emotionally kind of stunted. Like you, you can't handle a lot of stuff that's going to come your way. Right. Right. I, I think definitely we have to experience things. You can't just read about it. Yeah. Might be a good basis, but yeah. you have to have experiences to really learn things. Yeah. And understand yeah. them. Yeah. What, uh, is there anybody in your life do you think that has been a good influence on you or a great example to you growing up? Um, I, I guess, I guess someone that's come to my mind, especially lately has, has been my grandpa. So my mom's dad, um, he passed away in 2016 and, and I just, you know, whenever I think of him, I think, like the one thing that comes, the first thing that comes to my mind is just how much he loved his family. Such a family man, such a hard worker, such a good example. Like there's just so many like little experiences like between he and I, and, you know, I know that he's had like, you know, little experiences with all of his grandchildren and his children and my grandma. And it's just goodness. Like he was just a good person. And I, I remember when we went to his funeral and I just thought like, 
the procession of vehicles, um, family vehicles that were driving down, you know, the streets to, uh, to the church, like our family is so big. Like my mom has six brothers and sisters. So there's seven and seven kids in her family and all of the family, like there's just, there's so many grandkids. I think there's like 40 or something like that. Like there were so many of us, but the town, the town itself, like everybody knew my grandpa, everybody knew him. And everybody knew that he loved God and like loved his savior and was such a great example of a Christ-like life. And I think, I think that has trickled down like through his kids and to his grandkids, great grandkids, like, like that, that life of service and that example how can it not affect your life? And I feel like for me, you know, right now, so his parents, they, um, they came over from Denmark. And so, and I, and I remember, like, I remember my great, my great grandma, like her accent, like listening to her talk and, and even my grandpa had a little, had a bit of it. Hey. And so now I, I just decided that I was going to learn Danish. And so I'm learning Danish. My husband's learning French. And, but it, you know, whenever I, whenever I'm taking these classes, I just, I think of my grandpa and I just think like, this is my heritage. And, you know, this is my grandpa. Like I just, it's a, it's a way to feel connected with him. And I remember like when I came off of my mission, um, he's like my family, they're not members of the church, but I remember, seeing him for the first time after my mission. And I, I was so happy to see him. Like, I just, it was just that feeling of coming home. Hey, like he just was so like arms open and just so loving and just accepting. Like it didn't, it just doesn't matter to him. You know, he just, he loves you and he, you don't even have to be family to be family for him. Like he just, he was just so loving and so charitable to everybody. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, is there is there any uh, friends or anybody that has ever had an influence on who you've become? Um, I think, yeah, like there there were a lot. Like I remember when I was, um, I think when I first moved to Edmonton. Um, I was, uh, I lived with, I think it was, I don't know, four or five girls, I think. And I just remember like the youth that we, I should say the young single adults that we, you know, associated with, like just good people. Like, I feel like I've been so fortunate to be surrounded by so many good people who have in their own ways, like influenced my life. Like what, when Quinton and I moved to Fort Saskatchewan, we had just had Charlie. So she was, I think, four months old. So we had three kids at the time. And since we've been here, so that was seven, I think seven years ago now, maybe. Um, I, I think we, I think we had lost like five, five babies or four. And every time, like there was just always somebody there 
always somebody there like I feel like Allison uh, my friend Allison she she didn't had never at that point she had never experienced the same things that I had experienced but she was always there always just willing to drop whatever she was doing to be there for me and like right now I would say like my friend Krista she you know I think of her often and I know that she thinks of me often because she tells me which right now means a lot because we don't get to see people we don't get to go visit each other and so I, I feel like I've got like this close knit group of girlfriends that I know I can, I can call, I can text or, you know, even just go to their house and stand on their doorsteps six feet apart and just say, Hey, like today was kind of a rough day and just, you know, vent or whatever. And just them listening has been such a blessing for me because I'm a like I'm a talker I I need to get like my thoughts out and my feelings out and so COVID has been kind of hard for me because I just I can't see my friends I can't get together with them and so yeah cool um what do you think is one of your greatest life lessons you've learned so far I think I would say I would say being honest just being true to who you are I feel like for for most of my life I feel like I've tried to be or I've been a people pleaser I want others to be happy I you know I don't want them to feel uncomfortable I don't want them to you know, feel bad because of something I have said or something that I've done. And so I, you know, maybe was never completely honest because I didn't want to hurt feelings or, or, or something like that. And so I feel like I, I was never a hundred percent myself because I was, you know, I, I didn't want to put someone else down because of that but now like I mean I'm in my 40s I I don't have time to I guess really worry about that like I'm not out to hurt people's feelings obviously but you know I I am realizing through my own experiences and even my kids like you know telling my kids be who you are like don't be afraid to stand up for what you believe in don't be afraid to you know if you don't if you don't agree with something it's okay to say that you don't agree. It doesn't mean that you don't, you're not friends with that person anymore, but everybody is, everybody is, Oh, you know, it's okay to have a different opinion. Right. And I, I even, I even if it's wrong. Had, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I've never had that happen. No, <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's just been interesting. Like, just really seeing how it's it's okay to not agree but we can still be friends we can still talk about things and i you know i'm not i'm not afraid to be who i am anymore like i'm i'm not afraid for my kids to to stand up and be who they are like whoever they want to be whoever they are inside 
I'm okay with that. And I want them to feel comfortable with that because I want to have a good relationship with them. I want them to, to feel comfortable coming to mom, you know, even though we might not, maybe we don't agree on things, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, you just, you have to be honest. Like you can't, like you have to be kind and you have to be loving, but you have to be honest too. And I think that's just something that I thought I, I understood and I had a grasp on, but I didn't. Yeah. And now I do. So I feel like that has really kind of opened my eyes. Yeah. I, I think the friends that you can have that you can actually have a heated discussion with and have differing opinions. And when you're finished talking about it, you can still be friends and play games or watch TV together yeah. and not be mad at each other. Those are the best friends to have because those are the ones who accept you for who you are and they've always got your back, right? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. You know, you, yeah, you don't have to have the same opinion and you can be different, but they're always there for you. Well, that's, that's the world. Like that's society. We're all different people. You know, if we're, if we're only going to stick, stick with, you know, people who believe or think the same way that we do, I think that's just kind of a sheltered life. Like you, you're, you're you going to have a pretty experience. small circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? I think so. I think so. Like, I think you're missing out on like the richness of, of humanity and, and just people. If you, if you aren't willing to, to even listen to those differences. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons I created this podcast is because, you know, I I ask you a question and I've asked 15 other people the same question, but you all have different ideas or different experiences. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm hoping that some people will say, oh, I never thought of that. Oh, I, you know, that is a good way to do it or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're all different. Every one of us, my wife sits in the other room and listens to my interviews sometimes. And she says, it's interesting hearing the different answers people give to the exact same question. Yeah. Because it is so different. Well, we're here to learn from each other, right? Like, And and hopefully we do. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, is there anything you think in your past that you would go back and change? Oh boy. Yes. I feel like, like I thought back to, you know, the type of person I was when I was in high school and like, I, I was friendly with everybody. Like I was friends with everyone. And, but I, I wish I was more, sure of who I was and confident in myself. And I think, you know, maybe I needed to put more of an effort into, to being that type of person. Like, I feel like I just was floating along. Just making it through. Yeah. Like, and, but just not, maybe not worrying about like the future or where I was going. And I, I wish I had 
I guess, had more of a, more of a, like a focal point that I, you know, had a goal and that I did whatever I needed to do to achieve that goal. And I think, you know, I think there are times when, you know, you don't need to stress or worry about the future all the time, but I think you need to plan. And I think you need to have some sort of a plan. And I don't think I did. Like, I just, you know, I feel like I was learning about myself, but just like at such a slow pace that I was like, I don't know, not where I could have been, I guess. And now you're and starting I, to learn most of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, this After like, 40 years. <laughs> well, and I, you know, and I was happy. I was a happy person. But I feel like, you know, maybe I could have accomplished more in my life, in my 40 years, had I, you know, maybe planned better when I was younger. You know, had, like I said, had more of a goal in mind instead of just thinking, you know, okay, like, what is the job I'm going to have this summer? You know, like just right. trying to make more long-term goals, I guess. I think, I think lots of us are like that. I know I was as well, same as you just kind of made it through high school and just carried on, you know, and yep. never really any big plans or anything. But I think if, if all of us thought back to that and applied ourselves more, maybe we could have been better, stronger, faster, you know, smarter, whatever. Yeah. Based on what we were pushing for. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big things back then is maybe we weren't pushed to think that way. Right. Maybe society has changed now and people are more apt to, to give their kids some, some desires or push them towards you know, greater goals. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think of my kids right now and I just think, you know, like I said before, I, I want them to, to see what their pat, like recognize what they're passionate about so that they can plan to do that. Hopefully as some sort of a job or career, it, you know, especially my girls, like I don't want them to, like, I, I thought that I might, be a teacher or like I just I was never really sure but I knew I wanted to be a mom and I don't think there's anything wrong with that but I think there has to be a backup I think there has to be like a plan b and a plan c you know like just because that's life like you you can plan for this but that's you know not necessarily what's going to happen and I want my girls especially to know like you know eventually maybe you will become a wife and a mother and that's awesome and you'll maybe you will be the kind that stays home and does homeschooling or not, but you're going to want to have something in your back pocket for after that time. Like for me right now, like I said, I've got like three years left of kids staying at home and then they're all going to be at school. And, you know, I might have a little bit of time that I'm just going to relax and enjoy the quiet, but then I'm going to be bored and I'm going to want to do something. Have tea and crumpets and bonbons with all the ladies on the street. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely something to, you know, having a plan, backup plan. My One of my boys is, he's kind of a stay-at-home dad. I mean, he's got a job. Mm-hmm. He's a firefighter, so he's got a lot of time off. So he's, he spends 
a lot of time at home with the kids. Mm -hmm. His wife works full time. She's a nurse. They work 12 hour shifts. Like she gets off work, has the babies. He raises the babies and she goes back to work. Like that's kind of how it's been. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that either. You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah. Teaching, teaching the kids that, you know, having their goals and their minds made up for something is, is definitely a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you could write a letter back to yourself at a younger age, what age would it be? And what kind of advice would you give? Well, I was trying to think, what age was I a good listener? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Maybe, like, I would say... 39? I know, right? (laughs) I think I'm like Hazel. So Hazel's 10 and a half. And I think, I think I was like, she and I are a lot alike. And so I would say, like, yeah, around 10 years old, I would probably write a letter and just... kind of going back to what I said before, like, don't be afraid of, of who you are. Don't be afraid of, you know, following your heart and, and just recognizing the good that's in you. Cause I think I just, I didn't have like a lot of self-confidence, like a lot of self-confidence at all back then. And just learning to, you know, to love who I was, like, love who you are, be okay with who you are. And if you're not, like, what do you need to change? What, what is it that you need to be focusing on then, you know, to, to get to that point where, you know, you just love yourself, and it doesn't matter. Like, I've got friends right now who I know, just like, they, they could look in the mirror and just like, I love you. And I'm not like, even now, like I'm 41 and I don't know that I could say that. Like, I don't know that I'm there yet because I, you know, it's just, it's just never been high on my priority list, I guess, until now, you know? And so, yeah, I would definitely, definitely tell her like, love who you are. And, and if you don't, what do you need to change? Cause it's, it's important, like, especially once you get out on your own, you have to have that confidence to, to make it at whatever yeah. you, you're yeah. doing, right? Whether it's being a mom or having a career as a nurse or, or whatever it is, right? Whether you're single yeah. or you're married, like you need to, you need to have that. You have to have that strength and confidence for sure. Yeah. 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 I have to stop for a second and ask you about something. So on, on your desk behind you, there's, a uh, box is that like a school project? Oh, this, yeah, yeah. my son, dude. It's um, his groundhog house. That is awesome. Yeah, I've been, I've been looking at that the whole time we've been talking. I keep wanting to ask you about it. <laughs> well, it's funny because, and like, so this was from Groundhog Day, so like a month ago, and I've been trying to downsize in my house. But I find when it, like with all my kids, I, I do find it hard to throw their stuff out because I just think, wow, like this is what you're doing in your seven or your 10 or whatever. But with Jude, like he was nonverbal until 
he was four, I think four years old. And I, I feel like he has come so far that any, like anything that he does, I just I have such a hard time getting rid of it. Like I never thought that he would be interested in making a groundhog house. Like the class did it, but I didn't think that he would care because he only cares right. about Mario and Luigi and Mickey Mouse. And they're not it. Well, no, I should say Mickey Mouse is he's on a picture in the <laughs> So, but it's like recognizing those those big and little steps, especially for him, it's like, how do I let that go? How do I th- how do I throw this old shoebox with plasticine out? Like it's not really doing any good here, but it's hard to get rid of it because it it's something that I didn't think that he would ever accomplish. I yeah. really didn't, you know, and, but he's like leaps and bounds some days where like he's doing some multiplication, <laughs> had no idea that that would ever be on his radar to do. Like he doesn't like math, he says, but he'll do it, you know? So yeah. Yeah. That's a bonus. Just, yeah. 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 So my, just, just so you know, my oldest is 38 and my wife has bins full of binders <laughs> and she can flip through everything from preschool and kindergarten all the way up to grade 12. Yeah. And she's got all their stuff in binders. So, yeah. so that little box might be in your house for a long, <laughs> long time. Probably, probably. <laughs> and, I, and I'm trying to, yeah. you know, work through all that stuff, but it's like, how do you like, how do you let go of some of that? Cause it's just, it's such a milestone in some areas for, for any kid. Right. And you just think, oh, like this, I can't, I can't throw this one picture of the sun away that they finally drew with <laughs> like the one up in the corner of the paper with yeah. three little rays off it. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe by child number <laughs> five, I won't care. I'll just yeah. be like, ah, that's good. <laughs> oh, just like your older siblings. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got one just like it. I've got four just like it. So I need another one. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, if you could have lunch or, or a chat with anybody, anybody at all, dead or alive, who would you pick? I, I think. I think I would pick my grandpa. Nice. I think I'd pick him. I feel like, you know, now that I'm, now that I'm older and like he, like his health wasn't that good, you know, uh, you know, for the last little bit of his life and I never got um, around to visiting him as, as much, but like, if I could, if I could have lunch with him now and just ask him questions and, just hear his stories and I, it would just, it would be the best. It would be the best. Nice. That's awesome. So picture yourself sitting in a field somewhere and there's a door in front of you. Describe what your door would look like. Like texture and color and everything. Whatever you feel. I, Okay, so if I was in a field, 
feel like it would be it would be a like a cream door like kind of ornate like just like a fancy doorknob and gold on it like just a beautiful door that's what i see would it open in or out it would open it would open in into somewhere so you'd you'd push through it yeah yeah so describe what would be on the other side if you step through your door feel like it would be like a like a sitting room with like cute little like sofas and and love seats like kind of fancy with like gold trim and nice yeah just like a nice like quiet peaceful place clean i think clean is like number one that's what i would yeah non non covid (laughs) no dust no nothing yeah your your own quiet place yes right yeah meditation room (laughs) yeah have you ever done meditation or yoga or any sort of like help self-healing type of stuff Um, I mean, definitely prayer, I guess, is kind of like a form of meditation. That's something I've actually thought about a lot lately, thinking that maybe, like, I I don't know, I felt a lot of stress. And maybe it's like that COVID stress that a lot of people are dealing with. But trying to figure out how, like, how can I center myself? Like, I look at Jude and I just think, wow, like, he he knows what his body needs. He knows knows how to regulate and knows what he needs to do. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and so just trying to figure out like what it is. And I, I would like, I would love to try like just some, some sort of meditation where I'm like by myself and it's quiet, you know, and I can close my eyes and just, you know, go through my thoughts and just, work through whatever it is I need to work through or just try to find like that quiet place and that peaceful place. Cause I, you know, I, I felt that through, through prayer, but I almost feel like, you know, what can I add on top of that? What can I, what else can I do? Cause you know, right now COVID's not going away and life is just, hectic crazy all the time and right you know and i think we could use whatever tools we can get you know right. to to find that peace what well, does it yoga a little bit that's not very peaceful <laughs> not for me it's yoga's lots of exercise it it's, is it's it very is. stressful workout <laughs> <laughs> i'm not there yet lots like, of those poses i don't move that way <laughs> no me neither but but the meditation thing, my wife and I both do meditation all the time. But yeah. it doesn't hurt to take 10 minutes and just close your eyes and reflect, right? Yeah. 
and and yeah. get yourself in that quiet place and ground yourself and you know center your yeah. thoughts and yeah see where you're at in your life so to speak yeah 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 and it definitely helps me out i know that it's it's amazing yeah i think i think that's something that i need to work into my schedule yeah there's there's lots to be said for it and there's lots of other things out there i when i was in computer school years ago i one of the guys in the class and we were all like we weren't just out of high school we were all older at this point and the one guy was like he was almost 40 at that time and that was 30 years ago <laughs> um but he would do tai chi during our lunch breaks and watching him do that was amazing because it was well tai chi is kind of a form of meditation right yeah yeah it's all slow synchronized movements that are very precise and everything and it's pretty amazing watching it mm -hmm. and he would be so focused you could walk right in front of him and he wouldn't have a clue you were there yeah right yeah but that's that's awesome um what kind of music do you listen to what's your go-to for like happy music or i like my 80s music I like Julie and the Phantoms, um, but I do, I do like classical music. I do like to turn that on. Like it just, I'll go upstairs. We just, uh, our bonus room, we've, it's been a playroom forever. And, you know, just at the end of last year, we kind of converted it into a library and we've got like a kind of a, a glider chair up there. And I love just going up there and just like, listening to whatever classical music I feel like at the time. And it's just like, that's close, close there's to your, my happy. Place. There's your meditation. Yeah. Your alone time. Yeah. 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 Classical is very relaxing music as, as much yeah. as a lot of people don't like classical. Mm -hmm. It is very soothing. And yeah. if you, you know, if you're listening to it, you're, you definitely relax. Yeah. That's, that's cool. If you were stuck on a desert island and a device you had would never die, but could only play one, one song over and over and never stop, what would your song be? Okay, I am going to pick two because I can't decide. Um, the first one would be Claire de Lune by um, Debussy because it it's just beautiful. It's just a beautiful piece. And very, like, that's one I could just, I could just sit and listen to that one forever. Like, it's just so relaxing, beautiful piece. The second one, though, is uh, When You Say You Love Me by Josh Groban. That, that's uh, Quentin's and my wedding song. And that, like, I just, I love that one too. If I if I felt like singing along, that would be the one. If I didn't and I just wanted to listen, it would be Claire de Lune for nice. sure. That's awesome. If you so let's let's pretend you've made it all the way through your life. You've lived as long as you've wanted to. You've learned everything you could possibly learn in this life. And when you pass on to the other side, 
you have to take everything with you so nobody has any clue who Tanya White is. But you can leave behind three life lessons. What would your lessons for life be? Love yourself. Be true to who you are. And be, be the best example of you that you can be. It's awesome. Yeah, that's That's awesome. That's excellent. Thank you very much for your time tonight, Tanya. It's it's awesome chatting with you and and visiting. And maybe we could do it again in a year or something. I've got a lot of time. Right? (laughs) No, not busy. Yeah, Yeah. That'd, that'd be great. So, yeah. Again, thank you very much. Um, I'm Troy Hudkins from Lessons for Life and my guest, Tanya White. Thank you again for joining us. And tune in again next time for another episode. Thank you.